1: To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit Stripe.com tapiphone Tap iPhone.
3: Daily Tech News Show is made possible by its listeners. Thanks to all of you, including Jeffrey Zilks, Tony Glass, and Philip Less. Coming up on DTNS, digital twins are coming to a metaverse near you. Elon makes an offer Twitter might actually refuse, and Niantic bets on virtual pets. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, April 14th, 2022. From lovely Cleveland, Ohio, I'm Rich Rafalino. From Austin, Texas, I'm Justin Robert Young.
4: Drawing the top tech stories from Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. And on
2: the show's producer, Roger Chang.
3: Uh, You can, of course, uh, uh, join us for Good Day Internet. If you are a patron, uh, we were discussing all about delicious drinks that are enjoyed at cons and non-delicious ones uh, and their effects on the human anatomy. Uh, But let's get started with a few tech things you should know. TikTok began testing a private dislike button for users to identify comments that are irrelevant or inappropriate in select regions, although it's not available in the U.S. right now. Video creators and commenters will not receive dislike notifications, and the system is not meant to replace reporting comments for things like harassment or hate speech.
4: Reddit
0: updated its search feature to index comments on the platform. Users will now be able to filter search results by comments in addition to existing posts, communities, and people filters. Reddit search will also now take into account post interactions on the site rather than just relevancy
3: based on exact wording. As of April 28th, Amazon will add a fuel and inflation surcharge of roughly 5% to the existing fees for third-party sellers using its fulfillment services in the U.S. The company said this surcharge will apply to all product types and subject to change based on changes to in inflationary costs flag that when we get into more regulation stuff with amazon
0: <laughs> hasbro owner of dungeons and dragons developer wizards of the coast announced that it will acquire the dnd beyond online platform for 146.3 million dollars dnd beyond launched in 2017 and is an officially licensed online storefront and digital tool set to play dnd offering web
3: and mobile apps to run campaigns And Bloomberg's Mark Gurman sources say Apple faces production delays with its MacBook Pro models due to COVID-19 related factory shutdowns across dozens of companies in China. The 16-inch MacBook Pro shows delivery estimates as far back as June 16th, while the 14-inch models uh, expect deliveries by the end of May. Right now, MacBook, other MacBook models and iPhones don't show significant delays, yet seems these are mostly focused on laptop production, at least these shutdowns all right uh let's get into the main uh topic of the show this is a little story i thought we would highlight it i don't know if you guys have heard about this uh turns out uh elon musk is doing more stuff with twitter uh so let's dig into it uh securities and exchange commission filing reveals that elon musk sent a letter to twitter chairman brett taylor offering to take the company private by buying 100 percent of twitter for 50 uh, 54 20 a share in cash worth roughly 43 billion dollars Musk called this his best and final offer, saying he would reconsider his existing stake if it was rejected. Twitter said its board will carefully review the proposal to determine the course of action it believes is in the best interest of the company and all Twitter shareholders and stock quote. There's more to the story, though. While speaking at TED 2022 in Vancouver, Musk emphasized that he was motivated by the public interest value of the platform, saying Twitter has become kind of a de facto town square. So it's just really important that people have both the reality and the perception that they're able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. So Musk also went on to say he believes Twitter should open source the algorithm in order to build trust and ensure availab- uh, availability and specifically said the code should be on GitHub so people can look through it. This kind of echoes uh, earlier things he's tweeted out uh, specifically revolving open source uh, kind of aspects of Twitter. The information reported this morning that Twitter's board will reject Musk's offer. And there is reportedly an all hands meeting except for 5 p.m. Eastern. So right at the end of uh, DTNS's showtime at Twitter to address the matter. So uh, uh, Justin, the, uh, the, the story that just keeps on getting a little weirder every time we revisit it. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, you've been following this. I mean, what do we make of this latest move?
0: Well, this was kind of uh, telegraphed uh, when when you saw the CEO's comment uh, earlier in the week on Monday about Musk not joining the board. As we had initially heard, he made mention about the fact that there was going to be a lot of drama in the coming days and everybody should keep their eyes forward. This is obviously what he was talking about, because now we have the information of uh, uh, that, that as he rejected his board seat, he made the offer to buy Twitter by taking it public. I am not a financial analyst, so, so take all of this with a grain of salt. It is a synthesis of, of what I have gathered over the last few hours when this story broke. But it seems like Elon Musk's game here is to say, here is a above market, if not knock your socks off, offer to for Twitter. The reason why that matters is because the list of people that can buy Twitter is not as long as you think. They are valuable enough and they have enough possible prof- uh, profitability that you are knocking out a lot of other retail, sort of uh, larger companies, a lot of media companies. And the ones that would be most likely to do it in four seconds, like Google and Facebook and Amazon, can't do it because of regulatory pressure. Look, I, I wasn't joking before when I was saying that a 5% surcharge for third party sellers will trigger regulatory pressure for Amazon. And that's within their own sphere. If you are selling ads, You cannot if you're selling ads online, you cannot buy Twitter at all. So what Musk is hoping is that as news gets around that they're going to reject this offer, the stock price begins to tank and now the financial tide starts to, to move against the board. But, Rich, I'm curious beyond all of the real financial issues around it. Uh, uh, the kind of spiritual question, because Elon is is approaching from his perspective on a white horse to
3: save Twitter for free speech. Yeah, I, I mean, there are two separate issues here. One, uh, again, this this all kind of echoes, you know, to your point about um, uh, Parag Agrawal's uh, statement, uh, you know, kind of being kind of being the credo that we all had to read the tea leaves on. All of this has been kind of said before by Elon, right? When he, before, after he had purchased the stake, but before it had become public, he was making all these statements about, you know, uh, the the importance of, of Twitter and uh, free speech, putting out perhaps puckish, uh, polls about, uh, uh, you know, the, the value of certain features or the value of, of, of certain accounts and stuff like that on Twitter. So again, none of this is any new information. I have to imagine, you know, Twitter's algorithm, like any of these algorithms uh, that they're putting out there, are trade secrets, and so I, I imagine a lot of uh, investors are not like super keen about being like, "Hey, let's take our secret sauce and throw it up on GitHub." As inter- like uh, personally, like as interesting as that would be, I'd be fascinated to see what that looks like. What analysts find out when they actually, you know, like what devs look like when they actually get into that code. I could, I could see why there is a financial interest, um, not to do so. In terms of though, going private. I, I can't think of another instance of someone being like, for the for the public interest, I want to spend, for even even if this is just someone saying this and there's obviously financial motivation behind it, but I'm going to spend forty three billion dollars for for something that I believe is in the public interest. Usually, going private is we have to make a bunch of hard uh, financial decisions. I have a vision for this company, and so we're going to take a loss for a long time. I'm thinking of like Dell, uh when Dell went private, and stuff like that. Like they had some structural issues that they had to figure out.
0: Here, Here's the big thing that you have to remember in terms of the way that Twitter works, is that it's unlike Facebook and Google and a lot of these other tech companies, wherein the founders and the reason why Jack got beat around so much is that he does not have the kind of control over these companies uh, uh, in the same way that uh, uh, other founders do. So. Mm-hmm the the board is able to sort of push around whatever the ceo wants if elon is saying we need to take this private essentially what he's saying is there there are unilateral decisions that need to be made about twitter that cannot be made by committee and cannot be made when everybody is thinking about how it's going to affect the share price that's his point now i also think that if you look at other online companies that sell display advertising Twitter has not done what they should be doing. I think that they have whiffed on other situations where, where they are trying to to uh, uh, capture different market value. Uh, this is a company that is underperformed. Would it do better under Elon Musk's leadership in in, in in as a private company? Maybe, but you cannot argue that they have lived up to their full potential now. I don't disagree with you, Justin. In non-Twitter and Elon news, in April 2012 at the Coachella Festival in California, Tupac Shakur was on stage with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. I'm sure you would think now what we thought then. Wait, what? (laughs) Hasn't Tupac been dead for 16 years at this point? And the answer, of course, was yes. But the Tupac hologram was indeed alive and well. The music group ABBA had a hologram of their own. And there are other instances where digital twinning has been identified as a money-making play. So. Creating 3D avatars has become a way for an artist to create virtual brands across several digital platforms. They can connect virtually with fans and increase loyalty and engagement while fans interact, express themselves, and experience new things. AI software can create holograms as researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or MIT as it's known for people who like using less letters, demonstrated (laughs) in an experiment that created holograms fairly instantaneously ziva dynamics which makes simulations and real-time character creations employ synthetic ai-powered avatars to create autonomous and complex movement simulations based on real muscle fat soft tissue and skin contact meanwhile epic games predicts that digital twins will combine with the metaverse as emerging network of fully immersive digital worlds uh rich
3: where are you at on on these digital twins In some ways, I, it, obviously, this is all within like this whole realm of a growing idea of like virtual concerts, not just being like a one off novelty where it's like, oh, this artist did this crazy thing. Everybody check it out as as opposed to being like a, just a regular thing that musical artists do. Um, I'm thinking of like, uh, like, you know, like Roblox has been kind of getting into this very seriously. They started back in 2020, uh, with Lil Nas X and been kind of been doing that, uh, pretty progressively for a while now. In terms of the digital avatar thing, I actually, I, I, I'm I'm like kind of a, a an indie rock snob. Like I I like going to a con- like a concert where there's like 20 people. We're all unhappy and drinking overpriced beer and like so like that that's the concert experience I prefer. However, if you prefer to go to an arena and and see like a laser light show with with a bunch of other you know with 20,000 other people and it, and it's a whole audio visual experience. I'm I have no problem with with this kind of idea where it gets weird. Is like ABBA, for example, their digital avatars were significantly DH to make them look like they did in the 70s. Um, you know, talk to anyone that's seen Fleetwood Mac. Like, it's like, okay, you get, you're glad you're a little further away sometimes, uh, seeing them uh, in modern times. So like that gets into the weird thing of, okay, once ABBA is no longer here, but we can definitely synthesize all of their, we can synthesize all their music. We have photorealistic ways to replicate their movements. Heck, we can use AI to make new ABBA songs if we really want to, in terms of a brand living on after like the actual artists have gone. That to me is where that feels kind of weird, maybe. OK, well, I mean, for your indie rock snobness, you're
0: telling me that you wouldn't pay a premium to go into a immersive theater that is totally dressed up to a particularly look like a dive bar in Seattle in the 90s and hear a Pixies set the way that it
3: was. That it was <laughs> no, uh, no it? Uh, Justin, if it was a neutral milk hotel set, OK, sure. we're talking, uh, yes, 2001, no, was, I'm, right. I'm there. I'll, I'll pay for that. Put the headset I, on me. I, let me go.
0: I was in Las Vegas and I came in a few uh, uh, a few weeks ago. And it was a stunning moment. I'm walking through the baggage claim area and I hear Whitney Houston playing. And I'm like, and it's, it's on the big boards that they have all the different uh, shows that are playing. And I'm like, Whitney Houston, like that, that seems a bit like, is it a revival show? Is it a, a, a sound alike show? Nope. Actual Whitney Houston with a hologram that is now open in Las Vegas. This is hit the, 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 big time. The question is, is it a stunt or will audiences really respond?
2: I, this is the thing I've, I'm interjecting myself into this because I'm very opinionated. Uh, but this is this has been kind of a thing. Virtual virtual idols are a, a sort of a big under, uh, not underground thing, but a, a subset of of the live music scene in Japan, where the singer is a fully synthesized, not based on any real person, but an anime That's character, uh, and the music has totally been. You know, synthesized from a group of people that have, you know, that make a a style of music. And what's interesting is it sounds like you're just franchising yourself in a way that you couldn't before. And the same with the Blue Man Group is a franchise. There are different groups that do the blue makeup, do the, learn how to, you know, play the instruments. Um, it, It is a very fascinating way to kind of make yourself a brand, but. The great thing about it is what you were saying about ABBA, Rich, is that you can de-age yourself. You can make yourself, you can make yourself that uh, uh, that grunge band from the '90s in that period, in that experience all the time. Right? It doesn't matter if you have an off night or whatever. It is the same experience. And we've seen with theme parks, people will pay money for the experience, whether or not it is uh, synthesized or you know a sixty-year-old guy who's playing the music that they did thirty years previously.
3: And I got to give credit to the conversation, which put together uh, a lot of these different sources and and kind of uh, set up this conversation. But one of the things they pointed out is like, technology it it doesn't just have like an impact on on how we consume music like it's literally shaping it like every generation like as we got recorded music that changed what we expected as we got like like we we went from like music being something you could only experience live to like sheet music going out to recordings changing how we perceive like the like the difference between the author of a song the person that performs the song like that whole relationship so I, i i can see this as just another evolution of that of yes this is music brand that i like the same way i like you know, going to see uh, a movie or something like that. I'm not, I know I'm not seeing a a live performance. I'll still clap at the end of it like a weirdo, I guess. So I I, I could still get enjoyment out of that. Yes. I don't think this was like, I I think the concern like a lot of people have is like, I still want to go see a live band. There's still going to be that it's not going away. But I I do think this is like, I I could definitely see this being something that is, it becomes into commonplace way to consume music brand entertainment.
0: I am bearish.
3: All right, moving on here. Speaking of, uh, I can't, I was trying to make an ursine pun. I got nothing here. Uh, Waze launched a retro mode as a limited time feature, letting users change the app's UI to the 70s, 80s, and 90s inspired themes. Turn-by-turn navigation voices, the user's displayed vehicle, and map UI are all changed while in retro mode, and users can mix and match these three for extra fun, so you can get your seventies turn by turn with, you know, your your Apple uh, uh, iMac looking uh, uh, car if you want to. Way said the feature will be available through mid May, so it's available for uh, a limited amount of time. If you want to enjoy some uh, some novelty in your turn by turn, Justin, you turning it on.
0: No, but that's not anything <laughs> against me. It's like, I, I just don't really use Waze. And, and also, it, this is a great example of a company that has a very utilitarian product that is done very well by other competitors. Uh, uh, you know, uh, obviously, Google Maps is kind of the industry standard, but uh, uh, Apple Maps has gotten really good as well and is integrated into uh, uh, the iPhone hardware in a way that, that the other two aren't. So. Uh, the fact that they do these things, and they've long done them, right? They've had the celebrity guest voices and and and, and stuff like that, is really just another reason for you to take a look at ways and try the product out, and and you know, inject a little bit of fun and humor into what is otherwise a soulless drudgery of a of a commute. <laughs> that people are are entering back into the world with. In fact, I wonder how long this has been sitting on the shelf for them, because I, I doubt that they would have tried to launch it during the
3: pandemic when so many people were not commuting back and forth to work. I also feel like, you know, they're giving this what, like basically a month rollout here. I, I feel like that is like the amount of time on a daily commute. I want to hear like 70s DJ giving me, you know, my turn by turn. I, I do wonder if like the step beyond these, because I, I do think there is like a value in like, oh, maybe I'll like pay attention to this more because it just sounds different. If, if there's if there's some way to just inject like a little like human variance in like the turn by turn cadence just to make it a little less predictable just just make it sound slightly more awkward i feel like would get the same effect uh without the the pastiche of the 70s or 80s
0: well i mean like they're they're there for you like I it says <laughs> had more
3: skins on this product than anybody else that's true they are they are whimsical if nothing else all right. Remember, you can join our conversation in Discord, which you can join by linking your Patreon account at patreon.com/slash/dtns. You can get in on the chat and get in early uh, with while we're prepping the show. It's a fun time, so check it out for sure.
4: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds.
2: Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
4: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com tapiphone The game developer Niantic announced Periodot,
0: a new AR game that focuses on raising digital pets. Each pet will be 100% unique based on appearance, personalities, likes, and dislikes, like visiting certain points of interest, foraging for specific foods, or going on walks. The app will soft launch in select markets on the App Store and Google Play later in April. Now, Niantic has had quite a bit of success with Pokemon Go. With Periodot. players will raise magical beasts called periodots that, quote-unquote, feel real. So says Zion <laughs> Vogel, the game's senior producer. Each periodot has a hundred percent unique and a hundred percent yours, differing in visual appearance, personality, their likes, dislikes, and abilities. Players are supposed to raise periodots from birth into adulthood, breed them with other periodots at nests, and create multiple generations of their virtual pets. Rich,
3: uh, do, do, do you have the need for a AR Tamagotchi in your life? Uh, I don't. Personally, I I did the Pokemon Go for like a week, and I was like, I get it. I can totally see why people like this. I'm good. I just like going for a walk regular style. I'm old school like that. Um, I am fascinated by this, though, because... They're Niantic has done a really good job with uh, with other people's IP and kind of integrating that with their really interesting AR tech, their own IP. They have more of a mixed bag in terms of doing that. So this feels like a big swing for them. And I got to say, if you're going to do that, like pets is a good way to do it. I mean, one, like you said, it taps into uh, Tamagotchi millennial nostalgia. Uh, for for that kind of experience also like nintendogs is what this is what reminded me more of that because that was you could have multiple dogs and and stuff like that and it really was like your dog would run away and and there was more of a uh interaction with it than i mean tamagotchi was like a like a Eight pixel screen or something like that, so it just it it felt more uh, I guess personal to you and stuff like that. But in terms of like getting you to go back daily and like press press the the data delivery food pellet and get you to buy extra stuff and do microtransactions and stuff like that, like pets is a really great way to do it. I the the one thing that kind of stood out to me is like the whole breeding thing. Like I I know they're not going to make it weird, but it still seems like I I I want to hear the uh the dot factory farms. Uh, story that we're going to be seeing out. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be very <laughs> euphemistic.
0: Look, uh, 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 Niantic began with a game called Ingress, which had a very hacker, uh, take over the block sort mm-hmm. of uh, 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 vibe to it. Obviously not particularly kid-friendly. They, they were the Biggest thing on the planet with Pokemon Go, and uh, I did play that for a while, and really only dropped off when I found out that they weren't able, they weren't allowing you to do turn by turn fighting with these Pokemon that I had very (laughs) specifically purchased and bred and everything, and and it had a very dumb UI for their fighting, so I dropped off there. But they've had a lot of other uh, swings of this that have had varying levels of success, including a Harry Potter version and a few others the idea that they are going back to the well with their own IP for which they are going to be able to profit from exclusively is not surprising. What is interesting is the fact that they are staring, uh, steering so far into the, the kid area that this mm-hmm. is about you know, this is about children and their parents playing the game and people that also want a fully Safe game that isn't about fighting, that isn't about territory, that isn't about these kind of more aggressive ideas. This is soft and nurturing and adorable. When you watch the pre the uh, the, the preview video that encourages you to go uh, register before it soft launches, it is uh, uh it doesn't even have language on it. it. Doesn't have any voiceover to it. It is just calming, soothing music and children and adorable teens. Uh, uh, having these adorable little dogs run around them. So uh, uh, I think that is the vibe they're going for. Ultimately, the thing with all these AR games that that really uh, leave me cold is just the UI. I, I don't really
3: enjoy the gameplay to it. Well, the the thing that really interested me about this though is it kind of solves a little bit of the pokemon go situation where because each of these pets is unique you know as you kind of grow with them and and either i guess get more or you know pets unique, leave
0: unique, quote unquote it's yeah. like like but, yes, it, it'll be unique in that it has a slightly <laughs> redder skin tone than the other dog that also looks exactly the same way and has a red
3: skin tone. But like it, it, it at least like the the way they were setting it, I was like, hey, it likes to go to this one specific spot, or maybe it likes to go for walks more, dude. Like I could see if if there is enough creativity in like, hey, we can switch up like kind of the game mechanic and how you keep your pet happy. Like that to me makes it a little more interesting to check out as opposed to okay, I got to go and check. Like it's you're know, like your time, I got you. It's like okay, I got to just like check all the boxes make sure it doesn't die feed it make sure it's happy rub its belly okay now i'm done i can like leave this thing that that to me it feels like a a, a little bit of a deeper gameplay that would keep me coming back to it but also look this isn't for us it would be for your kids right well i i if listen if you want your virtual pet and you don't have kids you go and get your periodot buy your customizable periodot shirt that they'll sell you uh and get your customizable periodot plush that you can upload and buy your periodot nft and you'll be fine by the way, they're definitely selling period. NFTs. I would not doubt it. Speaking of NFTs, uh the NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet sold in March in 2021 for $2.9 million. The heady days of, of early NFTs. The NFT owner, Sina Astavi, listed the NFT for sale for $48 million, pledging to donate 50% of the proceeds to charity. The current top bid sits at 3.3 Ether, about $10,000. Astavi has seven days to accept or reject the bid. A lot of talk online about whether or not NFTs are doomed and those that think or want that to be the case are kind of just like eating into the story. It almost Justin is this too good like too juicy if you're an nft hater to to kind of sink your teeth into
0: i have
3: uh this is a, a a personal tale of
0: in various situations where i've been either a journalist or a producer uh for for tv stuff where i was trying to find news stories the times that i was burnt the most was when the story was just kind of too perfect this feels a little too perfect now what I will say is likely in, in in play here is that the world of these eye popping NFT sales, I've always gotten the sense and I've heard third hand that a lot of this is basically on one group chat where people with a lot of Ethereum are literally just trading back and forth so they can generate headlines to to continue to uh, uh, prop up and make interesting the NFT market. So it doesn't shock me that this sold for less than what it was initially bought for. If nobody in the group chat likes this particular seller, for example, let's say, you know, possibly. The idea that it initially was selling and a lot of the headlines was that it was, the current bid was like $200. Now it's to <laughs> 10000 This is something that I found a little bit, Uh, uh, That we're missing some context here. I still think that we're missing a little context here. But you're right. It is just too juicy for folks who look at uh, all of cryptocurrency as a gigantic shell game to to not find this as evidence pointed it and say,
3: absolutely. Look, we told you that you are all wasting your money. Yeah, it, it I, but also it, a lot of the headlines it made it seem like he had to then sell it for whatever the ludicrously low amount based on But it's like he doesn't, he just doesn't have to accept it. And yeah, he's got a little leg on his face, but you know, a, a, to your point, he can try and tap into some, some more NFT networks, get on that WhatsApp chat and, or what, yeah, and, uh, and hopefully, uh, try and sell it again. Um, like I, again, I, I, people want to just, I, I think the, the instinct to dunk on this, uh, is okay. almost irresistible. So, Everybody, let calm down. Still, no, still I mean, it there.
0: might be exactly what yeah. it
3: is. It, it might, it might be a very
0: dunkable situation. Uh, <laughs> one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel like so much of that NFT marketplace right now is just so, so, so top heavy where you got a lot of guys that are sitting on a lot of crypto and they might as well just throw it back and forth between each other like a medicine ball because then it seems like there's this gigantic bustling market when in reality there are NFTs that do sell. Uh, I, I do think that it is a, a market for which people want to be involved on some level, but uh, uh, whether or not it is the everything needs to sell for $50 billion is, is
3: probably also kind of too good to be true. All right, let's move on and let's check out what's in the mailbag. We got uh, an email from our new patron, Buffalo Muffins, uh, and they wrote in and said, uh, I enjoyed listening to you guys trying to figure out the reason behind my name. We did that uh, kind of uh, earlier this week. Buffalo Muffins says it actually started back when I was in high school and my friend group wanted to figure out steam names for each other that kind of matched. We decided to choose uh, one bovine and a pastry, and that was your name. I chose a buffalo and a muffin. So my steam name became muffin buffalo. We also had bagel bison, waffle goat and many others. Although over the years, it's transformed from different variations of that name and has finally landed currently on the buffalo of muttons. Even my profile pic is a buffalo eating a muffin. Kindly the buffalo of muffins. I, that just sounds, I, I that's like the most adorable story. I love it. Uh, it also is
0: not what I thought. Uh, uh, I would have thought that that the the buffalo muffin was something that also uh, originated at the Anchor Bar in West <laughs> New York. But uh, uh, this makes a lot more sense, and to be honest, is uh, less gross than. The <laughs> the
3: buffalo sauce. Thank you, the Buffalo of for making it le- not gross at all. In fact, yeah. heartwarming. Oh yeah. All right, before we get out of here, let's check in with Len. He's been cooking up some art. Uh, Len, what do you got for us?
4: You know, um, I, I, this is such a moving target, uh, the story about Elon Musk and Twitter. So it's kind of hard. I wanted to do something very evergreen. Mm-hmm. So uh, the image is uh, <laughs> called Buy the Bird. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, he's, this is, this is Elon with his 4.3 skillion dollars saying, Buy the bird, a skillion dollars, not a penny less. Um, of course you know, after Mr. Moneybags, this is a Mr. Money Musk here. So yeah, I mean, this could all be different by the time that a half an hour rolls around. We may not, this this may be a different world in just about 45 minutes. We don't even know. So (laughs) that's sort of my evergreen moment uh, for one of the biggest stories of the week. Elon trying to buy Twitter and seeing what happens there. So uh, uh, this image, by the way, is available. If you're one of my Patreons, patreon.com forward slash Len, you get it right now. You just download it or you can go to my online, store, which is uh, LenPeraltaStore.com uh, I'm currently taking commissions, so if you're open to me drawing you, Mr. Money Musk <laughs> uh, <laughs> reach out and I can do that for you, that'd be great
0: uh, It won't uh, even
3: cost you it, skillions it, and skillions It won't,
0: no, LenArt as a, as a uh, housewarming gift about a year ago, and it is prominently sitting in our living room, I would highly encourage
4: everybody
3: do
0: the same.
4: Awesome,
3: thanks so our, much Artist to the stars, Len Peralta and of course, we want to thank Justin Robert Young Being on the show, fantastic job. Justin, as always, we we expect no less. Where can we find more of your great stuff if we are so inclined, Justin? Tomorrow, we are doing our Tax Day episode of Politics, Politics, Politics,
0: and we welcome our friend Andrew Heaton on to talk about tax anxiety, uh, uh, whether or not he's actually done his taxes. Spoiler alert, he hasn't. And uh, uh, whether there is other ways to do it, including a system that we go over where it is, marxist from the ground down and <laughs> from the ground up find out exactly what that is on politics 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 tomorrow
3: friday i'm just going to go ahead and give that a chef's kiss sounds amazing of course we want to give a special thanks to bill rudder he's uh, one of the, our top lifetime supporters of dtns thank you bill for all your years of support and, of course, you can get a longer version of the show called Good Day Internet. That's available at patreon.com slash DTNS. We are live Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, twenty hundred UTC. Find out more at com slash live. And we'll be back tomorrow
1: with Patrick
3: Norton. See you then.
1: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at FrogPants.com. Diamond
0: Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program.